Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Parents will receive five days of unpaid leave to look after six children under the new legislation to be signed off at Cabinet today. The Minister of Children, Roderick O'Gorman, is bringing a draft of new work-life balance bills aimed to provide more family-friendly workplaces. And this new bill will bring the European Union's work-life balance directive into Irish law. But there's a few problems, I believe, with the law and five days of unpaid leave will also be available for all family members to support those with medical needs. Carers or parents will also have the right to request flexible or compressed working hours. And the legislation will also extend entitlement to paid breast feeding breaks from the current six months to up to two years. The bill will also introduce paid leave for victims of domestic violence. To talk to me a little bit more about it and why he believes there's some flaws in this is Richard Grogan, who's an employment law solicitor. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Richard. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Okay, let's let's have a quick look at this and let's break it down a little bit and, and talk about the individual aspects of this particular bill or this new work-life balance bill. Uh, five days of unpaid leave will be available for all family members to support those with medical needs. I can't see a problem anywhere with that. I mean, I, I'm assuming you would have to prove they have medical needs. Yeah, well, this is this is the issue that because we, we're having the same thing that's coming through with the, the new sick leave legislation that's coming through. The issue here is is the employee going to have to produce a doctor's certificate? Now, that could be 45 to 60 euro. Mm-hmm. So, so who's paying for that, like? Yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah well, this is, this is the issue because certainly the idea of getting the unpaid time off, that's great. We already have force majeure leave in this country, which is three days in any one year or five days in a three-year period for emergency situations to look after a family member who's yeah. ill. So let, let's say, for example, I have a husband or a wife who might have cancer and needs to get some treatments done over the next four or five days and maybe in hospital. Um, so I, I have to look after their medical needs. I mean, I'm assuming the hospital would just give me a letter or something like that. Or Well, well this, is, this is the issue. I mean, this is the one where really when this bill goes through, they need to get in place, you know, input from employment lawyers in particular and GDPR people and this may be going to the employment and equality law committee of the law society to assist them uh, because one of the issues there is what information is going to have to be provided how is it going to be provided and how is it going to be kept um, you know safe so for example if you have a, a child take for example who has a rare medical condition and you need to take time off and you get the, the doctor's certificate or the letter from the, the hospital, how is that going to be given to the employer? What protections are going to be to make sure that that's not disclosed? What information are you going to actually have to give? Because this is going to be unusual. Currently, doctors don't actually say what's wrong with somebody most okay. of the time. They just say, person is, 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 not, is not fit to work or whatever. Work. Yeah. yeah. So you're now going to have to get a doctor to say, well, you know, it could be something like the child has flu. That's fair enough. That's not too bad. But if it's something more serious... There's big issues in relation to that. So this needs to be teased out properly as to how it's going to work so that the rights of the employer and the employee is protected. And particularly, we say, the rights of a child. I mean, you believe that that pertains to the sick leave bill 2022 as well, which is that we talked about this about three or four weeks ago, where all employers now will have to offer sick pay under proposed new laws. This is in the private sector. The public sector have had this for years, but that all private sector workers will have to have, uh, you know, an obligation to get sick pay as well. But again, they'll have to produce a doctor's note. It might not be financially worth it when you'd pay 60 quid for a note, is it? Well, well, this this is going to be the issue because this is going to be unpaid leave. 
So this is the this is the particular problem. Now there's great things in the bill, by the way. I mean, for example, the issue or what's coming through is we say the breastfeeding provision. This is one that I've been kicking up about for years. That when the legislation was brought first brought in, maternity leave was only 12 weeks, but then you had the 26 weeks breastfeeding. But they never upped that. So at the present time, most women will actually still be on maternity when their rights to get the breastfeeding leave. Uh, Provisions and, and many out. women nowadays will go past six months for breastfeeding. It's what they call that, extended breastfeeding. Yes, that's right. But I mean, when you take now maternity leave and additional maternity leave and the holidays they take and the public holidays, most most women will, will be out for the guts of a year yeah. before they're coming back. So th- this particular right was negligible because it, it ran out after six months. Now at least they're making it uh, that it's going to be relevant and appropriate. Uh, for women in the workplace that they will get this paid time off. Okay, so so when you say the paid time off, so how does this work for a woman who's breastfeeding? So does that mean she gets an hour off? I'm assuming the company will have to provide a breastfeeding or family room um, that she's not going to be doing it at her desk or something like that. So Well, no, well, it is, could be that somebody, we say, leaves leaves their office or workplace and goes down to the creche. Oh right, okay. But the, yeah, yeah. But that, but that or, would only be, but that would only be the case if the crash was because if it's only going to be an hour or so, the, the, the crash would have to be next door to the job. That, or, that, that, that right. Or what it's probably going to be is that they're going to have to provide some form of facilities for a woman who needs to, uh, you know, use a pump or something like that. That's going to happen. And will to there be a, a legal obligation for all for all employers to provide a facility? Well, at the present time, that actually isn't in any of the legislation, and this is going to be one of the issues that's going to be there, what facilities have to be provided and how is it going to be done? Because if you take, we say, a, a small SME office, you know, like we say, a solicitor's or an accountant's firm that may have, you know, eight to ten people working in it, they mightn't actually have a separate room. Yeah. So they're going to have be lucky to, to get a toilet. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well that, that would be completely inappropriate. So you're, go- you're going to have to, this, this is another one of these things that needs to be worked through as to how it's going to apply in practice. It's going to be very easy for it to apply in practice in a big organisation, which is over three or four floors. You know, they're always going to be able to have a room somewhere that they can put aside. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I can see all the, the kind of the big Googles and all the big multinationals, they'd be fine in this situation. But your smaller business, as you pointed out, your solicitor's practice or whatever it happens to or, be. Or, 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 somebody, yeah. or somebody who's running a corner shop. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, all of this needs to be worked out. And I'm delighted to see it coming in because the directive has to be in by the 1st of August. And yeah, like this is a, things, just to, to let people know, this is a European directive. So we, we have to bring this in. Yeah, we have to bring Now, the provision of the directive actually is for children up to eight years of age for the unpaid leave, for the leave. But we've, we're putting it up to 12 years of age and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then there's going to be difficulties with that as well on the flexible working. So the, one of them is that once you have this flexible working, if you get it, then you're going to be entitled to go back to your old job at the end of it. Now, but, but when you when you say, by the way, does this also include, you know, say for example, you get a phone call from the school, uh, Johnny's not well, can you come and collect him? Uh, so where does that come into this legislation, or does that come into this legislation? Well, again, this would be one of the five days unpaid leave. Okay. But you're but you're if little Johnny or little Mary isn't well and the school phones. Again, probably it's going to be what medical certificate is going to have to be produced. Right, you know, okay. it, so, I mean, I think this that is could be an expensive that, day off, couldn't it? Yeah. It, well, it could be. Yes, it could be expensive. So this needs to be worked through as to how it's done. Now, I, I, the practical side of it is if a school phones and says we, there's a sick child here, you have to come and collect the child. Then it really should be, you know, a certificate or a letter from the school that says uh, little Johnny or little Mary was, was ill. And we phoned the parent and said, we want this child taken out of here. 
you know that that's the easy way of dealing with it. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, there's no GDPR issue around that, is there? There's no, no GDP or there's no GDPR issue uh, around that because that could be anything from that they've fallen and they've 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 cut themselves and they need to be uh, go down. Or they've just got a sick stomach or something like or that. Or they've got a sick stomach or whatever it happens to whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So that that may be a solution in those situations, but this is why it has to be worked through in a way that's going to work for the employee and for the employer because it has to be something that is able to be dealt with in a way that's fair to both sides. And what always concerns me with the legislation coming in is that these things are not thought out as to how they affect normal people in normal businesses in normal places. Yeah, I mean, they're and, worked out on the ideal situation, aren't they? They're worked out that everybody works in a large office over three floors and everybody works in a company that can well afford to do all this. And they're worked out based on these kind of companies, these you know, invisible companies, whereas realistically, as you rightly pointed out, you know, Mary could be or Johnny could be working at a corner store uh, where there wouldn't be facilities for all these things. Or there might not be, the, the employer may not have the money to do all these things as well. Well, I mean, the reality on it is not the biggest employer in this country is the SME sector. Yeah. So they, so this has to be worked out in a way because nobody wants all of these cases heading down to the WRC. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want a situation where somebody has to go and collect a child who's ill, suddenly been under a disciplinary for leaving their workplace. Well, it just looks like all private companies, when they look at this legislation, are now going to have to factor in the amount of staff multiplied by five days and work that into their budget for salaries every year because people are going to obviously use them if they're available. Well, yeah, but now what I will say... Because you will have to replace that staff member, obviously, if they're out, you know what I mean? No, no, the yeah, but, and this, this is going to be one of the, pro- this is one of the other problems that's there. If you get the flexible working, and that's great, it's a great idea, you're going to be allowed to go back to the same job when you've finished it off. So if you have a child who's one year of age, one year of age, for example, and you say, well, I want to get the flexible working until the child is 12, and they're given it, so they're going to really say work three days a week now, you're now going to have to replace them with somebody who's going to work two days a week. Now, what's going to happen in 11 years' time? Does the person who's working two days a week get dismissed? How is all of this going to be dealt with? So this is one of the issues that has to be of course, wor- worked through uh, as to how this is going to work in practice. Now, at the present time, if you have somebody out, we say on maternity leave, you, you get a, uh, somebody in, they're in a temporary, they're covering a period of maternity leave, and the contract says when this person comes back from maternity leave, you know, your job finishes. And that's yeah. fair enough. But this is going to have to be factored in. And what's the notification? So if somebody says, look, I want to keep working this way for the next 11 years, and the employer says, yes, what happens if they change their mind in four years' time? I know. This, it, yeah. it, it does, look, there's going to be a lot of problems that will be, have to be ironed out as we go along, I imagine. Well, I mean, yeah, well, what I would say to you is, a lot of these problems are ones that if the appropriate committees get the appropriate specialists in, they'll point out these problems that can be then dealt with as part of the legislation. So why don't, so, why, so why don't they get the Richard Grogan's of, these wor- of this world in with the Attorney General when they're actually writing up, I don't know who writes up the legislation, I'm sure they have a, a group of minions that sit there writing up all this legislation and wording it in such a way that it has to be foolproof. So why don't they get the Richard Grogan's of this world in to do that? Because of course they need employment law specialists. So why don't they do well, that? Well, uh, really, this would be more at the committee stage in the uh, in the in the dial of the Shannon. That's mm. where it really should be done because the bill is brought out. That's fine. That's when you should be bringing in the specialists to say, look, these are the problems. How do we deal with this? And then the, the amendments can be drafted to, to take account of that. The last thing anybody wants as an employment lawyer, 
uh, is that you're creating litigation that goes down to the WRC between employers and employees fighting these issues over. Uh, and it's expensive on both sides. You need to have situations where it's done in a way that looks at the practicalities rather than looking at it through uh, a prism you know, okay. of, you know, from, from the ivory tower situation. The principles are great. You have to then work down right down to the corner shop. How does this work for the corner shop? And that very often is not done when this legislation okay. comes in, and they're the ones that then end up down in expensive litigation, and everybody's Absolutely. fighting, okay, so and look, nobody wants that. It's a bit of a mess at the moment, okay, but we'll get there, we'll get there. But finally, just, Richard, before you go, in relation to, I'll come back to the breastfeeding ourselves, we're going to talk about that in a second, but in relation to remote working, it still seems to be a bit of a thorny issue. Now, obviously, the legislation is due to come soon, although employers or, or employees are saying that it doesn't do enough for them because the waiting period to get permission to be a remote worker seems to be too long and allows the employer too long to think about it, etc., etc. As we stand at the moment, there is still some people working remotely. Um, you know, what rights are they going to have going forward? Because for nearly three years now, about about two and a half years anyway, you know, their lives have revolved around working at home and their work-life balance. And and most of them are quite productive in what they're doing. So surely at this point they have some sort of rights. No, they don't, because their contract says that you work at, you know, number one Main Street, wherever. That's what your contract has. So, But but surely an employment law specialist like you would walk into the WRC and say, look, my client, even after the pandemic ended, Your Honour, and you know, the, and companies were advised to bring all their staff back, allowed my client to continue working from home. Uh, and now my client has now got used to that and she has a school run with her children and she uses flexi time and she works the extra hour in the evening or he works the extra hour in the evening, whatever it happens to be. So they've allowed her to do that. And now, you know, they basically set, I suppose they set a, a, a kind of landmark ruling in, in some sense around that. There will be rights for... Where it, it, it involves, we say, children, there, there will be particular protections under the equality legislation that have already been sort of litigated a, a bit. The, the issue around this is often going to be that the employer has allowed it because of the pandemic. But now we're getting back to having to go in and do proper we say, health and safety assessments. And most of the time, if you're, work, if you're living in an apartment, it won't pass a health and safety assessment. Right, okay. End of story, just it will be, sorry, the, the health and safety expert will say, this is not a safe working environment. So but but, but is, that, of, is, that, is that not the employee's own responsibility because it's their own home? Why would that be the employer's responsibility to make sure that, you know, Mary or Johnny's house is safe for them to work in, they don't trip over the, the cable in the front room? Because the, the, once you allow the employee to work from home, that then becomes the workplace. So you have to provide them with desks and chairs. You can't have them working at the kitchen table. Uh, you know, you, you can't be sending in. You, you know, okay, so what you're telling me is unless they were self-employed, then they're, not, they're, they're responsible for themselves. But once they're an employee, they're not. They are, you're responsible for them. You're responsible. If there's been cases in, the, in Germany where somebody was injured when they were going from their bedroom to their workplace. Um, you know, and they, yeah, we, but 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 and and they and they won that, but you know, and that was a case where there was a spiral staircase. So now, if if somebody comes in and says, by the way, I've converted my my attic and I've got a spiral staircase going up to it, the health and safety person say you've got a spiral staircase coming down from it, yeah. uh, and that is uh, no, you can't have a spiral staircase in a workplace. So the answer will be, I don't care, that will not pass. So these are all issues that are going to be, it's, health and safety will be the big one on people and remote working. That is going to be the big one. The other one is GDPR. And what is happening now is that 
again, we haven't seen the legislation and there's going to be huge amounts of litigation over that unless it's very carefully drafted. So if somebody's working call centre uh, stroke type of job, in other words, your information is on their computer in their home and how safe is it? Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one. But I mean, if, take somebody who, say, is an accountant and they're doing uh, the tax returns for somebody and there's an issue where we say tax evasion raised by the revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're working in a room with somebody else. Oh, you I know? get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and somebody else might have seen it over their shoulder. Well, who happens to be, say, work but for Classic Kids FM. And yeah, but you could, make that ar- you could make that argument about any accountant's office, really, couldn't you? Well, no, because in an accountant's office, everybody is working in it. If you're working from home, you could have somebody who is not part of that business. Oh, right. Okay. Look at, so if they happen to work for Classic Kids FM and they suddenly said, oh, by the way, there's a very high-profile person and we know that this is coming up, you know, these are the type of things that concern employers. And ha- So the GDPR legislation, we can't get that amended. That's the problem because it's European legislation. This is going to be one of the big ones as to how we do it. So depending on what type of job you have, you know, so even the people working in a solicitor's office, the answer on it is the information that they're typing up if it's, we say, about employment law and somebody has a sexual harassment case, that's highly confidential. Well, no, I get you. I get you. I, I understand where you're going with that. I do, I do understand the complications around that. But look, uh, an awful lot to talk about, Richard. We could talk about it all day. We'll, we'll see what will happen. I'm sure there will be problems, and I'm sure you'll be busy. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to be busy, yeah. Well, over the next few years, until write, they sort write. out all the problems. Yeah, which, which, Richard, you shouldn't be on the radio giving out about it. You should be saying, bring it on. Let's leave all the problems there. Sure, I'll end up in the WRC making loads of money out of this anyway. That's, that's not, can I say to you, that's not the role of solicitors. I mean, I know people think that that's what our role is. But no, the role of solicitors in relation to it, and, you know, the Law Society is very big on pushing to make sure that everything, that good legislation comes out. Employment lawyers are here to avoid problems rather than to create problems. And when it comes to legislation, I'm an employment law solicitor, but I don't want to see unnecessary problems arise. I want maybe legitimate cases going down, but I don't want to have every single dispute ending up down in the WRC because of bad legislation. That's not good for my business. It's not good for SMEs. It's not good for employers. It's not good for employees. Nobody wants that. You want to have proper legislation properly thought out so that we don't have unnecessary disputes down in the WRC. It's taken a year to get a case on at the moment. So how right, we, we, we were only discussing this earlier on, the problem we have in this country in relation to not just the WRC, uh, family law, criminal law. And, you know, in the UK, for example, if you commit a very serious crime, you will be into a police station, you will be charged the next day and you'll be in court within six weeks. In Ireland, it could be two years. And the same that. goes for family law, the same goes for the WRC. And nobody, you're right, nobody wants that. We need, and but mind why, we need yeah. more judges. Yeah, well, no, that's why solicitors don't want good legislation, not bad legislation, because good legislation properly thought out avoids the problems because everybody knows what the rules and the obligations and the rights are, and it's very clearly set out. What you don't want is the grey areas. You want an awful lot of black and white areas. Absolutely. That's Listen, Richard, want. lovely talking to you again. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, on the air. There you go. Uh, Richard Grogan, Employment Law Solicitor. 
knows all the answers to all the questions when you have problems at work. I'm, if somebody says, no, why don't you get him on someday just to answer listener questions? Absolutely. I will do that. I will get Richard on another day to do that. Um, it's, uh, it's always good that I know we've had Malachi on before to answer, for example, family law questions or inheritance or wills or whatever it is. And it's always good to get these people on because I know you all have lots of questions because I see them coming in. Will you ask him this? Will you ask him that? Unfortunately, I don't have the time to ask him all those questions there today. But in saying that, I promise Ashling is taking a mental note as we speak. We will get Richard on another day to answer your own work-related questions or employment questions you might have. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.